Hola familia, welcome to ACS podcast, conversations on body of faith at the intersections of love, leadership, pain, and all the cray cray in between with me, Dr. Liz Rios, a faith leader, justice educator, and special needs mom living in South Florida. This week's episode is a Soy Yo segment. It's about me talking about things that are important to me as an Afro-Boricua bound girl who was formed in Barrio Faith on the Lower East Side of New York streets and La Iglesia. So my friends, this is me. Esta soy yo. I'm an Enneagram 8, and if you don't know what that means, look it up and find out about yourself. And I have always been a deeply reflective person. And there usually are two times a year that I do a deep dive on me. My birthday, which is April 7th, so jot it down so you can bless me, hallelujah. And that's right, I'm an Aries. And the other time is at the end of the year. Usually between Christmas and New Year's, I am doing a major time of reflection. And I usually ask myself, what have I done with my life? Do you do that? Sometimes I feel sad that I don't think I've done enough, you know, enough of impactful things, enough of legacy making things, enough of things that matter on this side of heaven. Other times I'm reminded that I've done the best I could and that's good enough. It's almost like I have two discussions with myself about myself. Imagine that. But you know what? I heard that as long as I don't answer myself, I don't have to be committed to an asylum. Listen, reflection is good, mi gente. I think it was that Blanquito, Socrates, who said, the unexamined life is not worth living. Pues, I ain't about having no worthless life, so reflection it is. In a session that I had yesterday, actually, with my madrina, Elizabeth Condre Frazier, she said, any event... And anything that you do that you don't reflect on is simply a happening. In order for it to be an experience that has meaning, you have to reflect. In essence, then, mi gente, reflection helps us with meaning making. So amigos, amigas, friends, family, this is what I will be doing today. I want to share some of the things that go on in my head about being a mom to a special needs child. My boy is named Daniel Jeremiah. We call him DJ, and he's been around for 21 years. And that's done something to me personally and even um, has impacted my marriage. So I want to take some time to talk about that and also to talk about the glorification of suffering that we tend to do a lot in our comunidades de fe. But I also want to reflect on the beauty that comes from suffering as well. It's been said that to be human is to suffer. And the truth is that there is profound power in the suffering that we endure if we transform it into a more authentic, meaningful life. Pain is a great teacher, mi gente, but the lessons do not come easily. Contra, they hurt. In today's episode, I do not intend to glorify suffering or suggest that the lessons we learn from pain are somehow worth the cost. Because you know what? I don't think so. But the truth is 
that most often for most people, real change really happens when we feel that real pain. The truth is, it wasn't until my own pain that brought me to my knees that I could really understand the suffering of those that came around me in my as a leader, as a pastor. And um, yeah, it was those cantazos that I felt going through the two major pains in my life. The one that we're going to talk about today, which is, um, you know, the birth of my son. So as I speak right now, my son is going on day six of a hospitalization um, for something that wasn't expected. And that's after a three-day stay earlier on in this month of June, 2021. But amigos, know that my little guy DJ has been hospitalized since he was born and has had 30 surgeries in his 21 years of life. He was, you know, he came onto the scene uh, in September, 1999, unexpected. He was supposed to be a Christmas baby. And, um, and as I went to New York City to plan a woman's retreat um, and, and, and actually hold the retreat, he came on um, early. He was born uh, 26 weeks of gestation. And they told me that he only had a 50-50 chance of survival. As a matter of fact, when I was in the hospital, um, I was staying with my sister-in-law and um, because I was um, coming out of this retreat and actually going to help her with her installation service as a pastor at the church that I was um, formed in, Iglesia Quitana Primitiva, I stayed on a little bit extra to help her with that day. And homeboy, Daniel Jeremiah, decided, you know what, I don't want to be a Floridian, I want to be a New Yorker, so I'm coming out now. And when he did, um, you know, he wasn't supposed to be, you know, come out. So it was a, a, a quite uh, an experience for me. Um, and they told me that, you know, that the priority was my life, not his. And I remember as, as I was being wheeled into the, the uh, OR, and they told me that. And, um, and I was just frantic because what do you mean my, my life is a priority and not his? And when they finally took him out, I was, I was 10 centimeters dilated when I got there. Um, they, they, uh, I couldn't hear him. They took him out and I couldn't hear him. So the doctor said, you know, to everybody to shut up. And I heard like a little a cat purring. That's what it sounded like to me. And that was him. His first days of life um, were in the intensive care unit at, at, a, at the neonatal unit at, um, I think it was Bellevue Hospital. And no, Beth Israel. It was Beth Israel Hospital. And um, in New York City. Now I wasn't a New York New Yorker at that time. I was I was already living in Florida, so I had to go there. And um, yeah, I stayed there from September of 1999, and I didn't leave the hospital until April of 2000. Uh, and uh, it was a, you know he went through a lot already during that first year, and then after that, you know he developed um, while he was in the hospital, he developed an infection that. Um, was, wasn't caught fast enough. And when they did catch it, uh, it was in the morning and they told the doctors to give him medicine and they didn't give it to him until 10 hours later. And by the time they gave it to him, the infection had turned into a full blown um, meningitis and that created um, uh, some pockets of water in his head, which ended up making him have um, hydrocephalus 
And uh, so, so today he's, uh, he's a, a child that has uh, CP, hydrocephalus, a seizure disorder. He doesn't talk. He's immobile. Um, but I call him my silent prophet because I um, have learned so much from that little boy. And if you follow me on social media, you know that um, that boy always is happy and is a warrior. And he's learned, um, he's, he's learned, um, uh, showed me a lot of things about, um, you know, just ex- accepting life and embracing life the way it comes. Um, and as a special needs mom, let me tell you, uh, when, when, when that whole first year was going on, um, I was pissed at God. Okay, if, I was, if I'm honest with you, which I'm going to always be 100, uh, I was pissed at God. Like, here I am serving God, doing everything right, and, um, and taking care of myself. And this child um, is born early and has to uh, handle all these different things um, in life. And um, I was just mad. I was mad at God and I, and I tried to understand and I knew that I wasn't the, the, the first one and I wouldn't be the last one to be disappointed with God. So that's what, what I did is I went in and I started reading about um, how do people handle disappointment with God? And um, I remember my, my, my spiritual dad at the time, um, who was also my boss, he said, I don't want you to intellectualize your pain because what I was doing was reading. And... Um, just trying to find out how other people handle this because right now I, I really don't want to talk to God I'm upset and um, through that process I was able to uh, learn that you know what why do I serve God do I serve him for everything that he can do for me or do I serve him just because it's enough that he died for me and I also learned that he's sovereign and he decides when he's going to intervene in situations in our lives. And listen, that wasn't easy. That was not easy. And to this day, I still don't like it. But así es. Así es la vida. That's the way it is. That's how life is. And I've learned to accept and embrace life the way it comes. You know, during that time, my husband didn't handle it the same way I did. I went into the intellectual route and started to read. But my husband didn't handle it so well. But you can find out more about you know, how he handled it and what happened in our life um, through my book, Don't Buy the Lie, Eradicating False Belief Systems That Keep You From Your Destiny, which is available on Amazon. Um, because this is about soy yo, not él. So um, you can read more about how he handled it. But for me, I just handled it, uh, you know, very intellectually and just, um, you know, processing it with my friends. And it took me a while. And if I'm honest, listen, I know that a lot of times in, in el pueblo, en la comunidad de fe, in our communities of faith, they're like, oh, vamos a orar, let's pray. And it's, it's, that's it, the answer comes. Um, oh, that wasn't my uh, experience. And, um, you know, there was a lot of challenges, a lot of days that I was really sad. Um, I, I, I just trying to understand why God would allow this to happen. And again, you know, at now 21 years later, I can look back and say, yeah, you know, this, we live in a fallen world. Sin is in this world. And um, because of sin, crap happens. And, um, you know, it, it it is what it is. I see it, right? But I will tell you that um, I, I while I was going through that, I was even wondering, can I love my special child the way I love my oldest son? You know, because I was scared. I was scared that I, how, how would I be a mom to a special needs child. I, I don't know anything about that. And um, and then 
I, I was experiencing, you know, just a lot of anger and I was processing that with my friends. Thank God for my WEPA girls. Um, they, they really held me up during that time. And um, I also was thinking that, you know what, if God allowed me to have a special needs child, then, then he also doesn't want me to be in ministry. My ministry would be to minister to my child, to be there for my child. I thought my life at that time, the way it was, I thought it was over. But man, was I wrong. My son ended up being the transformation that I needed to become a kinder version of myself, to become a person that that tries to understand the plight of others instead of saying, you know, um, you know, grow up or deja la changuería. You know, I realized that, you know, everybody uh, has their own process. And we have to be kind and gentle and have that paciencia y fe, y fe that, that some of us learned about um, on the streets in the barrio or ha- were reminded about in, in the Heights movie, right? I, I, I learned that, um, you know, life is precious and we have to celebrate our moments um, when we're in those uh, mountaintop experiences because, because more often than not, we're going to have experiences where where, where we're hit um, by unexpected things. And, um, you know, I, I, I was feeling like I was a stepchild during that time, like I was God's stepchild, because it seemed like everyone else got to pray and got their answers, but not me. Um, and I realized that I needed to, you know, really learn about the my God, because sometimes we, we serve the God of our mother or our titi or our tios, and we have not had our own encounter with God and our own experience with God. So during that time that I was going through the process of learning about DJ and, and the kind of life that he was gonna have and the different doctor's visits and the, and the hospital stays, God met me many times in the hospital room um, and just reminded me that uh, you know, that I was self-righteous, that I thought that I didn't, I wasn't supposed to have any difficulty in life because I was a child of God. How was I going to have difficulty? That's not the way it is. But then, you know, I was reminded that it, that it rains on the just and, and the unjust, right? So, you know, a lot of times we curse our crisis and, um, and really it's our crisis that crowns us with the ability to see people the way that we never have in the past. And, um, you know, I was, I was at that time, you know, uh, asking questions about why. And, you know, in, in our comunidades de fe, a lot of times they told us, you, you don't ask questions, you just accept. But yeah, being the rebel that I am, I, I was asking questions. And I even held a service on, on why. You know, asking why, and that it's okay to ask God why, because He can handle us in our in our questioning period, in our pain period, in the time that we are pissed period, and um, and and that was, I was able to to find the God that was able to handle all of me in all of my phases, um, and that was a beautiful thing to come out of that journey, not with a healed child, because you know I prayed for 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 God to heal him and and unfortunately he didn't but he ended up um, teaching me so much that I came out as a better person and and DJ 
became that, I say he's my silent prophet because he, he doesn't speak, but his life speaks to me. And um, I was able to get through it um, and not accept the lies of the enemy that, um, you know, that, that my life would not be good or that my son's life was not be, would not be worth it and things like that. I've learned so much and you'll be amazed at the things that you are able to survive as a, as a person that um, goes through crisis and as a special needs mom, you know, I was just like, how do I feed through a G tube? How do I, um, you know, take care of a child that needs to be lifted and, and, um, you know, really has a life from his hospital bed to, to his, um, wheelchair and back and forth. And that's basically his life, you know, but we try to make it the best possible. And, um, and we try to do the best that we can for him. You know, thankfully, um, you know, he's this way, like I mentioned, because of hospital negligence, you know, they didn't catch it on time. Um, and they did request um, medicine and they didn't give it to him until 10 hours later, which was um, really heartbreaking for me when I found that out. But, you know, we sued and we won. And um, and because of that, DJ has the best um, life that he can, um, you know, for in, in the way that he can. Obviously, he's not like a regular child and he can't do certain things. But um, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see that... Um, you know, he's able to enjoy life the best that he can. Um, and I think that that's the beauty for me. Um, I don't know if, if there's anybody out there that um, that has special needs children um, and is listening, but, you know, they do bring us something that, um, that we probably wouldn't have gotten um, in any other way. So as parents, sometimes we want to be you know, the, the fixers and, um, you know, and problem solvers and, and especially as children, especially if you're, um, a person of faith, it reminds you that you're not God. It reminds you that, um, you got to let go and let God handle, um, the things that are, that come up. Um, and it reminds you too, that, that you are, um, held up by God's grace and, um, and, and every day is a special day. And, and it's a beautiful thing because it kind of liberates you from, um, you know, being this person that has to have everything perfect. Um, I used to be that person. Uh, you know, again, I was, uh, you know, an Negar mate. So I need to solve the problem. I need to fix things and um, be the all around perfect mom, you know. And having this experience with my son, I realized that, you know what? I don't need to be that perfect mom. Today, I'm going to be the cook mom. Tomorrow, I'm going to leave the laundry undone. Um, And that's okay. Nothing's going to fall apart. Um, And, you know, it just helped me to see that um, even even people that are disabled, you know, um, it helped me to see uh, people that normally um, I just would not have, you know, necessarily have paid attention to. Um, because, you know, when, when you're not going through it, sometimes, um, you just don't put your radar on it. Right. So, um, you know, I think that, um, being, being a a special needs mom also gave me the, 
the permission to grieve. Um, it's a lot of times in our communities of faith, um, you know, it was always Tamo en Victoria, Tamo en Victoria, como esta? Tamo en Victoria. You would ask the sister, how are you doing? And they would be like, hey, I'm in victory. And being a, a mom of a special needs child um, uh, just, you know, taught me that, you know, we have permission to grieve that, you know, uh, this diagnosis was was hard, but you know what? My child is still wonderfully and fearfully made. Um, and that and that he has a purpose on this side of heaven. And that, yes, even though I, I, I grieve the loss of, of, a, of, of what we in this society consider normal and, and, and the unspoken dreams that I have for this child, and I grieve that, um, I was able to um, honor the humanity and the brokenness of, of, of having a child like this and, and the doubting of that I, that I was facing with God, you know, like, yo, what's up with you? You know, I thought you were the God that, that made everything go away and, and be perfect and, and, and be healed. And, um, so I was able to, um, you know, ha- you know, process that. Another thing too, that, um, I learned as being a, a mom of special needs is, is a child is ask for help. You know, we have this mommy martyrdom, right? That, you know, that yes, everything has to be, you know, like I have to be the one to fix it. I have to be the one to, to do it. And, um, and I learned that, you know what, um, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to, you know, um, know that you can't do it all and that there's people around you. There's God ordained uh, people around you, um, for a season to help you through a lot of the things that you, you would go through. Um, Another thing that I was able to learn as a special needs mom is um, that there's going to be some people that are that are with you, and that there's, there's going to be other people that that are not going to be with you during these times. You know, um, you know, friends are the family that we choose, right? And sometimes um, our community, um, there's people that get it and are there for you, and then there's people that don't. And I was able to forgive them for that. Because sometimes being around situations that are not that people are not used to um, just scare people. So I was able to to know that there's going to be people that are around you in your tough season, and there's going to be people that just can't handle it, and that's okay. You know, um, I was able to learn too that that respite and fun are necessary. You know, um, I was able to learn that. I learned that way later because I didn't take a vacation um, after my son was born. A, a real vacation until like eight years later. Can you imagine that? Until eight years later, I did not have a real vacation. But during that time period, I learned that um, you know I gotta I gotta take I gotta make time for myself and my family and my husband, and um, and now we make sure that we celebrate life. Fiesta is a big deal in my house. Celebration is a big deal. So yeah, we're going to party and we're going to have a good time when when everything is somewhat normal because obviously a special needs um, household is never like normal the way most people see it. But um, I learned that respite and fun are necessary and that um, it's not going to be underrated in this house. We need it to, to, to replenish, to refresh, and to get our hope back. And you know what else I learned too, and this is the last thing I'll, I'll say, is that um, don't expect other people to understand your journey or, or the things that um, 
that you have to go through. Um, you know, don't don't expect people to to understand that. That's why you know you know um, we we saw the movie with the circle of trust, right? And and the people that are around you, your family, those are the people that are your circle of trust. And those are the ones that have to try to understand. Those are the ones that you you explain because they're living it with you. But um, you know, um, you you just there's so many lessons that that you find out and you learn when you when you go through um, life with a special needs child. Oh, and you know what? One more thing, you'll be amazed at what you can survive. Um, I never thought, now looking back, that I would be able to to survive being a mom of a special needs child and to thrive even, to be able to accomplish dreams and goals. Um, but but you are able to. It's all um, a mindset, my friends. Um, and it's really the, it's really the courage um, to just have the strength to go on um, no matter what, you know, so you know, this is me, my friends, you know, I'm, I, I still question, I still and I still get sad even now as um, my son is in the hospital. I'm still sad. I'm not, you know, anybody who tells you that they don't feel these things and they're always in Victoria, they lie. I, that's just, that's just bull. It's not true. We feel, we're human. But um, in the suffering, in the, in the pain, we also, if we take the time to reflect, if we take the time to, to, to feel our real feelings, um, we do um, change. It, suffering changes us. So all in all, friends, you know, suffering sucks. I see yes. But I recently read a book that reminded me that sometimes if we take the time to reflect on, on everything that our suffering has um, taught us, we, we, we become a little gentler, a little wiser, a little kinder, and essentially uh, more beautiful than before. So I love it if you share this podcast, if you found it beneficial. Mira, I'm only doing this because I want to share myself with you all in hopes that you feel like you found a sister that keeps it real, that gets la vida loca, we are all living, and is still attempting great things for God. Why? Because I want you to know that you aren't alone, and you should feel what you feel when you feel it, but when you're ready, that you too should attempt great things for God. Don't forget to hashtag ACS, Body of Faith. So this is me, familia. Esta soy yo. I hope you enjoyed this first real episode. I'm actually going to head out to the hospital now, so I, I would have wanted this to be a little bit longer, but let me know what you think. Let me know your feedback. I kept it all the way 100 because that is how I roll. Y familia, hope you will come back for another episode of ACS. Signing out, tu amiga, Dr. Alice.